you doing well that's good you're listening to the inaugural edition edition of phly flyers that's right a brand new flyers podcast starring me your director of fun and games bill Matz, and the one and only charlie o'connor charlie it's great to be here with you on day one it's nice to hear a new intro. It, it, I've been working on it, so I didn't mess it up. I can and tell. I jumped in early, but it's it's day one. You, you know, know what? So. There, there's going to be some mistakes in, in the early going, but I think people will be along for the ride with I'm us. I'm happy I didn't say the name of our old show. We <laughs> will actually say the name of that show coming up because, listen, everyone wants to know what's going on with Charlie and I, with Broad Street Hockey, with Kelly and Steph. We're going to get into all of it. Uh, but first, man, it's... What kind of crazy day has this been for you? Because I've never had this sort of uh, positive response to any sort of project I've started the way this has just blown up from the time I woke up this morning. It's been really cool and, and definitely want to thank everyone for, for all their support today. Um, you know, we're doing this for, for you guys. Um, what we want to do is we well, want to... I'm doing it for the money, Okay, yes, for fair. the fans, too. Yeah. <laughs> for the fans. Uh, no, seriously, uh, this has been an awesome day. Obviously, it's been a lot of work to get to this point, uh, getting articles ready, getting the show ready, uh, just kind of bringing everything together. But I, I feel really good about what we're building here. I feel awesome about uh, everything that's transpired so far. Just an awesome roster of people that we're going to get to work with uh, here at PHLY for all the teams. You've probably seen the roster already. It's gone viral everywhere, the video, everything. And it's a... I'm wearing this for a reason, the NWO shirt, because we're here to we're here to take over, man. And I, I think we have the right all-star team to do it. When I looked at the when I first looked at this roster, I was like, really? I belong with this group? Like, this you is, too, Bill, this don't is worry. All the, like, biggest names in Philly sports. I, I do think though the, the NWO shirt works perfectly because a lot of the intro stuff and the teaser stuff, it was very wrestling. It was. It, we it had some felt, black and white. It, it felt really wrestling. It really so worked. Uh, it's extremely your stuff. It's that's I mean, that's what I'm here for. If they <laughs> would let me do a wrestling show i'd leave this hockey stuff behind in a second but uh, this is what pays the bills but <laughs> it's uh it's just an exciting exciting time but i know a lot of people out there are concerned about the future of you and i with our broadcast partners in crime steph driver and kelly hinkle and we're still hammering some things out however it looks like they're going to be able to be joining us in some fashion yeah, here. Yeah, I, I definitely, and when we... The flagship show is not dead. The flagship show is different, but it is not dead. Uh, I think on, on our part, you know, when we were discussing coming over to, uh, to PHLY, I wanted to do everything we could to make sure that we could keep the flagship show together in some form or another. It looks like that's going to happen. I'm not sure if it's going to happen this week, um, but in the near future, I definitely believe um, that we will be able to have a version of the old BSH radio show back together and potentially have Steph and Kelly, particularly Steph maybe, doing some other things for us as well. So do not fear all. Broad Street Hockey is going to continue to exist as, and it's going to be separate from this, and we wish them nothing but the best. Uh, I mean, Broad Street Hockey is what made this both possible for us. I mean, you came over, you were a blogger for Broad Street yeah. Hockey before you even hit it big, and it's what set you up. And I, I appreciate you saying I hit it big. Yeah. I, I don't. That's it's very kind uh, of you to you're say. You're the number one beat reporter on the Flyers in the city, man. It's a <laughs> hell of a distinction that you have for yourself. And uh, for me, it, it, that place meant the world to me. I always said someone's going to have to rip it away from me. And uh, if you're listening to this in podcast form, you can see that they didn't. Uh, because you're listening on the old BSH feed, so <laughs> clearly it, it's all working out for us. But we are going to uh, we are going to get into some actual Flyers talk here in this first segment on the inaugural show. And there's one question, burning oh. question on everyone's mind, Charlie. What is it, Bill? There's one thing that everyone on Twitter, everyone in the YouTube chat, everywhere, they're asking one question. I'm listening. Who is going to be the captain? 
of course, the <laughs> burning question that all of Flyers Twitter and all of Flyers World actually wants to know the it's answer to. It's the only to. thing that matters. And the best part is there is no answer. There's no answer. Because there won't be a there captain. <laughs> and for long-time listeners will know this is my favorite bit because Charlie gets asked this nonstop, and the answer has been the same now for two seasons. There will not be one, but people keep asking. And it's my favorite thing to ask you because, you know— Early in the season, like you're all, you're happy. You're happy to be here. We're starting something new. You're excited. Yeah. Halfway through the season, worn down. You get Chuck. a little worn down. Worn down. It's Chuck a lot. Starts to get real annoyed with the repetitive <laughs> questions, and so I just have to throw that out at least once a show. And on day one, I had to ask you who's going to be the captain. Answer. It's all of you. Yeah, you're all the captain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I guess we have to get into the most. The most recent news, which was the Morgan Frost signing, and we actually have the uh, actually have the graphic from when the Flyers tweeted it out a couple of days ago. Uh, he signed his two-year contract. The the long national nightmare is over. Morgan Frost, who may or may not even be good, uh, is <laughs> is signed for two years. We can all stop worrying about it now. He's here. He's here. Uh, two point one million dollar cap hit. So he kind of falls right in the middle between what they gave Noah Cates, which was. Uh, 2.625 million per two years and then Cam York who got 1.6 over two years so all three of their main restrictive free agents got bridge deals Frost to me out of the three of them is the one that I'm still not quite sure how he fits and out of the three you know my understanding is that the Flyers would have been open to discussing long-term deals with guys like Noah Cates and Cam York. Sure. Both those guys, both those guys, understandably look at it and they say, "Hey, we're going to get big roles. The salary cap ceiling is going up dramatically in the next few years. Maybe it's not the smartest thing for us to lock ourselves into long-term deals." Frost was the guy who. Personally, I wouldn't have went long term. No. I'm not sure yet what Morgan Frost is. And I think a bridge deal makes a lot of sense for him. No, and we've talked about this before. Like Noah Cates, and it's funny, just the idea that, you know, Noah Cates can't score the offense. We don't know what it's going to be. He didn't have a bad offensive year last year. No. Now his usage was through the roof. He was eventually the 1C pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he scored a little bit, but it's okay if he never scores more than he did last year. We have a role. Yeah. We know what he is. He's going to be on a shutdown line. He's going to be able to play that good two-way play, and hopefully he pots a few. Cam York, we're looking at a lot of upside, but we know, I think, what his floor is going to yeah, be. Yeah, he's a second-pair defenseman, yeah, I think. Like, Maybe if he continues to develop, he could be a first-pair guy. That would be amazing for the Flyers. But I think, at the very least, he'll be a useful second-pair guy. And that's a guy who, I mean, look, they just signed Travis Anheim to an eight-year massive contract to be a useful second-pair guy. So <laughs> if you can get a useful second-pair guy for a cheap deal, you can you, you try to do it. And, th and that's the thing, with especially with Cates. Like, dude can't score. Had a decent offensive season for someone who, quote-unquote, can't score cap going up there's not many good players on this team yeah he's holding out he's, yeah. he's gonna wait to sign that contract exactly exactly this is what makes the most sense for morgan frost because we don't really know what he's gonna be like is he a scoring third line center can he be on your second line maybe on a wing is mm. maybe a little bit of additional okay he's a defensive liability but we can add a little bit of offense here is he gonna drive scoring at a rate that you know five on five last year very good if he doesn't score in the power play though what is he like exactly. can, you, can you have a third line center who scores who doesn't even play on the power play yeah it's it's going to be really interesting to see the next couple years for frost and the two-year the two-year term honestly is perfect for him because during these two years they're a rebuilding team he's going to have opportunities what he needs to prove over the next couple years is essentially that he can be a legitimate scorer on a contending team because that's what they're trying to build. Like Morgan Frost can be absolutely can be a scorer on a middle of the road team. And if he doesn't ultimately work out with the Flyers, he'll find a spot somewhere else. He's an NHL player. That's obvious. But is he a guy who you want on your third line if you're trying to win a cup? If you are already a playoff team trying to win, you know, two, three, and then obviously four rounds win it all. Morgan Frost over the second half of last season looked like he might be becoming that guy. That said, I still think they need to see more from him. They need to see him do it against better teams. They need to see a little bit more from him on the power play. They also need to see him, and this is just the reality of the situation, they need to see him win over John Tortorella a little bit more because John Tortorella isn't going anywhere, and he is not exactly Morgan Frost's biggest and fan. And that's the thing. We finally started to see 
Morgan Frost get more usage uh, late last season when it was just like, maybe the coach didn't like him, but he, he thought, someone has to score. Like, we need a goal. Yeah. <laughs> someone has to score at some point and finally started to use Morgan Frost, and we saw him break out at least at five on five. And now it's, is it going to be begrudging again? Like, is he going to start playing nine minutes a game? And it's, all right, well, let's see if he can build his way up from that. Like, what is your, after it seemed as if Frost started to win the coach over at least a little bit, maybe begrudgingly late last season, do you think he starts from zero again? Are they expecting him to start here and work his way up even further? Like, what is your take on what his role is going to be October, November. Well, I think it was important for him not to have a holdout into camp because, as we know, that he wasn't a Torts guy necessarily. They would have walked away. Yeah, if he would have missed some time, I think Torts would have been completely out on him. So that was big for Frost. That said, it will be interesting to see where he fits in the lineup, assuming that, and they expect this to happen, assuming that Sean Couturier is back because Noah Cates, they're looking at him as a center. Sean Couturier, if he's healthy and if he's even 80% of what he was before the injury, he's probably the 1C. So does Morgan Frost start out as the 3C? If he's the 3C, how much time is he getting? Are they working to, even if he's nominally the third line center, is he still getting top six minutes? Because you can do that. You can have him get a couple extra shifts here and there, maybe play him on the wing a little bit then he's on power play one so you can make it work but it just comes down to how much they're willing to prioritize him and it will be interesting if for example and we might get into this a little bit later in the show if say a tyson forster makes the team do they look to prioritize maybe his development and putting him in offensive situations more than they prioritize morgan frost development and uh, you mentioned we're going to get into the prospects at some point in today's show uh Morgan Frost, not a prospect anymore. No, like, he's I, a player. We talk about his development. We talk about what his ceiling could be, what he's going to eventually turn into. But he's a prime-aged player right yes. now. What he is this season is probably what he's going to be for the next three. You know, like this is this is his time to, you know, S or get off the pot. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if we're allowed to swear. Uh, so I'm just going to I'm going to we'll play it out. safe. I'm going to play it safe on day 1. Uh, and it's this is this is basically it for him and I already saw a comment uh, in our YouTube chat. Like don't say this to Bill Meltzer. First of all, love Bill. Bill's great. Bill is absolutely great. Every interaction I've ever had with the guy is positive, but he is like he's the preeminent he is, Morgan Frost. He is defender. the Morgan Frost guy. Like the, <laughs> the way I'm like, oh yeah, let's let's have 82 fights again. He is the he's the Morgan Frost guy, and maybe he sees a little bit more of that ceiling. I'm worried that this bridge deal is his uh, his last one here. Like I want him to make it, if for no other reason than to save the abject disaster that was the 2017 draft. Oh my draft. god. Yeah. And, like at least we could get something out of it, but I'm not holding out. Like my hope for guys like Forster and that's what it is because it's hope. Yeah. Like they haven't shown us a bad side yet and to be sure. they they will if they play 82 games this year, they'll go through slumps. But at least during a rebuild we have that hope. Morgan Frost has shown us enough of eh that I'm kind of eh on him. Yeah, and, and as I said, in the second half, he was better. He definitely was better, and he he had more of a consistent impact. Like, even in the beginning of the second half when he was scoring points, it was like he would score, but he would kind of be a passenger. You know, he would pass the puck to Owen Tippett, and Owen Tippett would blast down the wing and rip this amazing shot. It wasn't like Frost was the one creating the goals. It seemed to me... Matt Carl assist, as I Yeah, a little it. bit. But it seemed to me over the final maybe month, month and a half of the year, he was being... Noticeable. Yeah, he was being more assertive. Yeah. I want to see more of that guy, and I really want to see more of that guy on the power play, because if he can... He doesn't have to be the driver of the power play, but he has to be creating. He's a really good passer. He's got great vision, and I want to see that with the man advantage. I want to notice him on every shift. That's what I'm hoping from uh, Morgan Frost at least early in this season. Maybe he can get my mind changed. All right, Charlie. I think that was a fairly decent first segment for us. Yeah. On the other side, we are going to uh, gonna talk about some prospects. You wrote a top 20 prospects. It's available right now at allphly.com. We're going to talk about the top five. Uh, we're going to do that. But first, let me talk to you about 
about my friends over at DraftKings. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New new customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of the two new offers every Every game this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code PHLY, that's P-H-L-Y, to sign up. New, new customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code P-H-L-Y. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, uh, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, uh, void void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football. Terms apply for eligibility. Uh, terms of responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. <laughs> it's a long one. I didn't realize I had to read the disclaimer. <laughs> There's way more to this. Than Again, I bear with us. We are we're we're getting used to this, but we'll we'll get the hang of it soon enough. Don't I'm worry. Such a good reader. Welcome back. I thought we were in a commercial break, but no, I read the commercial. Again, it's uh, <laughs> it's listen, yeah, like, exactly. Fuck. Uh, so we are back, and uh, we didn't actually ever go anywhere. And it's time to talk about the top five prospects. Charlie, again, wrote a great column with the help of old friend Alex Appleyard. Alex Appleyard, yeah. Yeah. Alex is going to still be a a semi-regular contributor. Alex is somebody who, you know, I've worked with for a really long time, dating back to really just dating back to our days blogging. Truly one of the uh, the more knowledgeable prospect people in the Flyers world. He's based in Europe. He watches these players, particularly the European players, all the time. So it's always... Thank God someone's doing it. Yeah, right? It's, it's really hard for me to watch the prospects during the season. Like, I get the World Juniors, to be sure, and I get some Phantoms games during the year. I have YouTube but TV. I don't even get an it, NHL It's Netflix, hard. So. It's really difficult to find the time when you're covering the team for 82 games. So Alex gets to watch. I get more of the, you know, direct conversations with say people in the organization i get development camp i get rookie camp things like that but i i like the fact that we both vote on these and then we combine our list because it feels like it just feels like a more comprehensive fair way to judge the players than it just being my personal opinion so if you want to see charlie's entire entire top 20 obviously you can check it out at allphly.com but we are here to talk about the top five and in uh in true us fashion <laughs> your very first piece there's six guys in the top five yeah it's not actually it's a top true. five yeah, it's actually a top six there's a tie for the top five which i always i just yeah extra content i didn't but. want to hurt one of bobby brink or oliver bonk's feelings so it's important we couldn't remove one of them and say it wasn't actually a tie it's important the law offices of brink and bonk aren't out to get us on the uh brink bonk barky and bump <laughs> those were the all, all of the b's how is this our hockey team <laughs> Like, Incredible. It's, been, it's been eight years together, Charlie, and I'm constantly baffled by them. Uh, but we're you gonna know they're going to have great names, and you know a lot of them are going to uh, have red hair. A bunch of them, yeah, they're all going to be redheads, <laughs> just like the number one beat reporter in the city, Charlie O'Connor. And uh, a lot of them are going to end up being busts. But we're going to talk about the guys that hopefully aren't, and we're going to start with number one. Uh, there's been a ton of news. I know yeah. I led off saying Morgan Frost was the most recent news, but... Well, that was just a way to skirt the idea of we're going to get to Mishkov and in, in everybody two. just wants to talk Mishkov. Let's Matthew be honest. Matthew Mishkov here. is basically he's basically the only thing anyone wants to talk about with the team, other than the captaincy. Uh, Don't forget that. So he got loaned. He he wasn't playing for uh, was CSKA or Ska, whatever the hell they're called. Yeah, Ska St. Petersburg yeah, is yeah. his team. Yeah. Get up, get up, come on. Yeah. Uh, oh so he wasn't. <laughs> You're just mad that you can't make ska jokes yeah, the entire exactly. year. He, uh, 
He gets loaned after he played, after they the team played four games, he played about six minutes in one of them. Yeah. So he gets loaned ridiculous. out to a team, he played uh, Sochi, and people are kind of curious about what the hell's going on with with Matvey Mishkov. It seems like this is a normal thing. I mean, it's not really a normal thing. I think, I mean, breaking down what happened here, it's basically that he went to Ska St. Petersburg, which is the team that owns his rights for the next three years, and played really well in preseason. Seemed to be checking all the boxes. It looked like he was going to have a role on that team. Then the real game started, and he was a healthy scratch. And he got play, got to play in one game, played six minutes. And understandably the Mitchkoff camp the player and all of you know his agent all the people around him want this kid to play he's 18 years old he needs to play if he's going to develop now if that's not going to be at Scott St. Petersburg which to be clear that's a really good team the KHL it's a money league there are the teams that have money and the teams that don't Scott St. Petersburg is one of the premier teams in terms of talent it's European soccer yeah basically so you would like him to be playing at the team that is going to theoretically have a chance to win the championship over there. But you'd much rather him be playing rather than be sitting on the bench and sitting in the press box for most of the year on the team that has a chance to win. So they loaned him to Sochi, which is the team that he played for at the end. It really was in the second half of last season where the same thing happened. He was on Ska because Ska has his rights and they wouldn't play him. They loaned him to Sochi and in Sochi, that's where he had 20 points in 27 games as a draft eligible, which totally insane for a draft eligible in the KHL either the second or third best league in the world to be scoring at relatively close to point per game pace. So this is a good thing for Mitch Kov. It's a good thing for the Flyers. He's going to get to play. The best case scenario would have been he carved out a role on one of the top two lines at Ska. That's not going to happen. So he's going to get to play Sochi and we're going to get to pay attention to Mitch Kov and watch tons of Mitch Kov highlights for the rest of the year on a lesser team, but still a KHL team. Now, one thing about the Mitch Kov situation, listen, you KHL second or third best league in the world uh, like you said money league lots of guys making a ton of money they're premier teams they're there to win the championship it is not a developmental league True. it's not the ahl it's not the echl they're not there to help the flyers have a star in three years but it does seem as if there's a little well he already said he wants to leave so I, screw him. yeah i think that's probably what's going on and Everything here is speculation, to be clear, because it's Russia. We're obviously not there. Also, it's crazy, that whole situation. I don't think this is related, because I've heard a lot of people theorize that it's related to the Ivan Fedotov situation. I don't think that's the case, because that is more of a... Like, that's more of a battle that the KHL is having with IIHF, with essentially the International uh, Hockey Bureau. That's not really the Flyers. I think the Flyers have more or less accepted that Ivan Fedotov is not going to be playing for the Flyers, that he might not even really fit their organization at this point. He's 27. Yeah, like, I just don't... I think that ship has kind of sailed. What I do suspect this might be about is the fact that Mitchkov has made it abundantly clear that when his contract is up, he wants to play in the NHL, that he is not in it for the long haul in the KHL. And... The guy who kind of runs Scott St. Petersburg, Roman Rottenberg, he's their coach. He kind of runs the show. He's apparently close with Putin. And this very well could kind of be being done out of spite. Because, look, it would be one thing if Mitchkoff wasn't that good. Like, should have been the second and, or third pick in the NHL. Yeah, but this is a guy who, like— them having him on their team will help them win games. Maybe they can win games without him, but Mitchkov is a good enough player that he should be playing on that team. This strikes me as them being like, oh, you don't want to stick with us for the long term? Okay, then we just won't play you. How you like that? <laughs> and it's it's very petty. It's very stupid, but this is how things happen in Russia, and it wouldn't shock me at all if that's really what's going on here. And if that's really what's going on here, then it's good they got him out of that situation because, quite frankly, again, better from the play in Sochi than to languish in the press box in St. Petersburg, even if it's the better team. Yeah, I just it would have been cool to see him with the better team, obviously you know, get, go into the playoffs potentially win a championship, be on one of those premier teams get that star training, because when he gets here, the expectations are going to be I won't say Lindros-esque, because Lindros was literally supposed to be as good as Gretzky, yeah, but bigger. Not quite that It's high. not Lindros, but 
maybe the highest expectations we've had for a guy since then. I mean, who's yeah. even who's he, like? I mean, Gautier will have hype, but not Mitchkoff hype. Yeah, uh, we're gonna. We're going to sit here and wait for these next three years for Matt V. Mishkov. And I made the joke the other day on Twitter. I am going to treat every day of these next three years like it's the fourth quarter of an Eagles playoff game. Oh, no. Like, I'm not going Please to take no. this a day at a time and be like, <laughs> hey, listen, in three years, we're going to have we're going to have a great player. No, I'm going to be worried about this situation because a lot of people are. I thought we would all kind of take this in stride because, OK. We've accepted the rebuild. Flyers said the word. We've been wanting them to say the word. They're going to rebuild. Dope. We've been calling for this for a while. Yeah. That doesn't change. No. It doesn't change how excited I am for that thing, though. Exactly. And I don't think exactly. it changes it for many fans. Like, even though we know the team's going to suck, we want that thing. Yeah. We want that shiny toy, and we want to play with it before, you know, 2027 or whatever the hell it's yeah. going to be. Yeah, and you'd like to think that... Yes, there might be some pettiness. There might be some politics going on here, you know, with Mitch Koff, with his his main team and whatnot. But you'd like to think that, you know, let's say he spends, which is the plan, he's going to spend the rest of the year with Sochi. Let's say that he scores 40 points and is one of the top scorers in the KHL on a bad team. You'd like to think that Scott St. Petersburg next year, because they'll still have his rights, they wouldn't be so irrational that they would say, nah, we're still going to scratch you, even though you were one of the best offensive players in the league last year for what essentially is our farm team. Now, could they do it? Sure, it's Russia. You never know. But you'd like to think that maybe this will be the last year this happens and that next year he'll get to play for Scott St. Petersburg in a major role, assuming Mitchkov does what we hope he's going to do and lights up the KHL. But... We'll see if he still does it. Like, I'm not saying that he's definitely going to come over before the three years, but I'm also saying that, you know, things could happen. They're kind of putting him in a position where, like, he said, okay, I'm going to play out my contract. Yeah, I would like to go to the NHL, but I signed this contract. And they're kind of putting him in a position where he should go, well, why should I, like, why should I do you a favor yeah. if you're going to do this to me? And listen, it would be great if we get him, but I am not. I can't operate as no, if we're no, going to get I, him sooner I, I, I because think, it's only going to result in that disappointment. I think fans should operate under the assumption that he's not going to be over for three years. However, and this is important, going back to the Fedotov thing, because Fedotov and the IHF essentially said, no, Fedotov's rights are owned by the Flyers, and the KHL basically said, screw you, we don't care, we're keeping them. This is setting up a situation where the entire transfer agreement between the NHL and the KHL could really just get thrown in the trash. Because it, there was a written agreement. So there, and it expired pandemic. So it, well, and it, it's kind of been basically what it's happened been a was, handshake sort of deal. Since exactly. Then. Basically, what happened was it expired. Then obviously, Russia invaded the Ukraine and. There's been a lot of, I guess, nebulousness since. Now, last year, despite the fact that everything was weird, both leagues more or less agreed to that, as you said, a handshake agreement that we're still going to assume that this like memorandum of understanding still exists. Well, now the KHL is basically saying, we don't care about that anymore. We want this Fedotov guy and we're not letting him leave. Well, if that's the case, then suddenly... If Mitchkoff decides to leave, like, yeah, the KHL can be mad, and I'd much rather them work this out in a way that doesn't have, like, for example, Mitchkoff's family in danger. That would be awful. But it does make it so it's a little bit easier to get out of contracts because one side has decided that contracts don't really matter anymore. Which is, eh, I feel that. But, <laughs> but not like, why is, Ru why is Russia the way that they are? Like... I don't want to compare this to other uh, geopolitical situations. However, we've heard the term sports washing a lot lately. Uh, the best, like the absolute best Russian PR, I guess, is like Alex Ovechkin's the greatest goal scorer of all time. Evgeny Malkin is a surefire Hall of Famer. Kirill Kaprizov, one of the most exciting players in the NHL. They're all here, and it doesn't seem to be a problem. Like, why have they decided to put their foot down? It's just because now is 
now is where they're making their other stands yeah i'm not not qualified to talk about exactly it's just it's so hard because there is so much going on with the geopolitical situation you know with the politics with the invasion so i don't necessarily feel qualified to speculate on what's exactly driving this all i can say is that it's obviously different it's obviously different than it was those guys have been over here for a while in ovechkin's case in particular like Putin knows that Ovechkin is going to not do anything to rock the boat. Ovechkin has openly praised Putin in the past. So he kind of knows that, all right, well, I'm not going to mess with him because I want to have one of the best athletes in the world in my corner. This situation is a little bit different. I'm very optimistic that ultimately Mitchkov will come over here. When that happens, I'm not sure. It's just going to be a complex situation for the next quite a while. And it's going to be tough for fans to deal with when does this become like in terms of narrative what we're what we're seeing online twitter etc when does this become a, an Embiid never going to play or Sarich never coming over situation? Like, where it's just half the fan base goes, you know what? I give up. Wait, Even wait, b- they already told us it's going to be three years. Bill, are, after are, a year. Are you saying that Philadelphia <laughs> fans can be impatient? No, Listen, I'm impatient. <laughs> I, I just, I'm already seeing like you know, when we're doing this show going into the spring, and people are like, he's never coming over. It's like, well, they told us it's three years. No, not coming. <laughs> like that's, I really feel as if that is what is going to change. It's going to happen. Maybe sooner. Like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm being optimistic saying it's going to be spring when we do that. And we're already starting to see people be like, not counting on this thing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, just try to be patient. I know it goes against our our instincts as Philadelphia fans, but just try to be a little bit patient. I I think he will get over here. It's just going to be a complex complex situation, and hopefully he'll be over here sooner rather than later, and they'll be able to to get him, you know, kind of in North America and learning under their coaches. But... Don't don't bank on it. Let me put it that way. Don't bank on it. All right. You know what you can bank on is a uh, outstanding deal that we've been hooked up with by uh, our friends over at Foco. Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise uh, with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. Got to start bundling. I know it's still hot as hell out there. You got to start thinking ahead. You know, Eagles season getting here, Phillies playoffs. You don't want to be without some warm weather stuff when when Red October comes around. You can get overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. And FOCO has hooked PHLY up, provided us an awesome piece for uh, our sets. It's right here behind us. And they, uh, they have our backs with Philly Sports, and they have your tools to get the best gear around using the link in our description. Uh, for all pre-sale items, use the code PHLY for 10% off. We're going to be on camera like five times a week, going to need some cool new gear. Yeah, we're wrong. Seems like a pretty... I'm going to take advantage of this deal. I'll, I'll take I a look. everyone out there does as well. That's uh, go to FOCO, F-O-C-O, for all your officially licensed gear. Charlie, I'm going to get back to... Uh, I want to talk about a couple more guys. I think we've talked out the Mishkov situation. So. People know what's going we'll, on. We'll have another three years to talk uh, it's gonna, all about Mavi Mishkov. <laughs> how many shows, or if we're doing five shows a week, how many won't he be mentioned in? Ooh. In just the next, this season. Maybe Forget like the, the two following. Two a month. Do you think, <laughs> do you think there's going to be an episode where it just doesn't come up? Like, he's... He's it. I, the whole yeah. future is banking on. And we just went on about like Russian geopolitics. I understand why people aren't all that like, uh, if, yeah, if the rebuild's banking on this, like, oh yeah, Putin. How about that? <laughs> you know, let's talk about Vladimir Putin on this Flyers podcast. Oh my God. Like, I get it. But there are other uh, highly touted prospects. We mentioned Cutter Gauthier. I think people are, uh, they have their. They have their mind made up. He's going to be a very good player. I think you and I differentiate a little bit. I think he can be superstar, mostly because I want him to be, throw up that diamond cutter. Uh, but <laughs> I, you, you had your reservations about uh, Gauthier going into the draft, but it, it seems like that dude can freaking play. No, I, I am 
I would say I have my reservations in the sense that the guy you who another guy's yeah more. the guy I wanted more was, was David Yurichek. I still think David Yurichek is going to be really good. He was ultimately taken by Columbus, but the the thing with Gauthier is that he had a really really good freshman year. Um, played center pretty much the entirety of the year at, uh, at BC at Boston College and after a bit of a slow start really started to figure it out put up a lot of points and then he got invited to the world championships which well not exactly the most you know the best tournament it's basically decided upon which team happens to have the most guys that didn't make the playoffs eliminated from the playoffs exactly early. not a fan of that tournament general, but we're talking about pro level players not college guys and Gautier played the wing in that tournament for team usa and frankly killed it he looked great was dominant on the ice scored a bunch of points i'm sold on gutter Gautier as a first line player now whether that's a center or on the wing i'm not sure the flyers want him to be a center understandably so they're pretty weak at center they don't have any they don't really have any i mean they just changed noah cates <laughs> into noah a cates center was their one c last year he's not a center yeah so and they really don't have many guys in the pipeline <laughs> either. coming off neck surgery back surgery back right, right atkinson right. was next atkinson is ne- it's hard <laughs> it's a lot of injuries it's just a whole bunch of guys with <laughs> devastating injuries that no other team deals with in mass like yeah, yeah. You know, guys you got, get you gotta love the Philadelphia Flyers, man. Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh guys just disappear for months at a time. Yeah, it's just—it's a cursed franchise. It, it, a little like bit. Watching the Jets last night, it, it was kind of funny. But you also have—how do you not? You feel how bad. do you not feel it when it's? Yeah, this happens to the Flyers like twice a year. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> Especially the last four or five years has, have been wild. But no, I think Gautier is going to be a really good player, and I think that the plan with him does appear to be that he's going to spend this year with BC uh, and then turn pro at the end of his college season. Now the hope f- on their part is that they're going to make a big, big run into the frozen four. They got that entire top line from the U S national team development program. The, uh, the Ryan Leonard, Will Smith, gay pro line, which broke like every single record in U S national team development program history. So BC is expecting to be really good so he might not actually finish his season until deep into the flyer season but i think the expectation on both sides both gotier's camp and the flyers camp is that after that he will sign his contract probably get in a couple games at the end of the regular season for the flyers and then prepare himself to take a run at making the team at the start of camp next year and then we'll see i'm very interested to see what's going to happen when cutter gotier turns pro with the flyers and how he's going to mesh with a coach like John Tortorella because we've talked about this on on our past show John Tortorella being a hard ass to the existing players no one really minded that no good be- because I'm everyone was really too. frustrated I'm mad at them too punish them John <laughs> but it'll be very interesting to see when one of these young talented prospects one of these highly touted guys who the fans have pinned all their future hopes onto comes up and John Tortorella benches him Charlie. and scratches him and puts him on the fourth line and says that he's not trying hard enough and stuff like that that's going to be really interesting to see how that's going to play. I mean, we lost. It's, it's hard to compare because it was like a first-year coach in Dave Haxtall. John Tortorella has built up a lot more uh, cachet. He's got a lot more of that money in the bank that yeah, Lane Vigneault course. used to talk about. But we lost our collective minds over Travis Konechny and Shane Gossesberg getting scratched once. Yeah, like Goose, Goose got game. scratched like twice. It, it was like, yeah, but it was, it was like <laughs> a couple time. times. We, the first time it true, happened, true. we lost our freaking minds. You're not wrong. And yeah, when uh, when whoever from this team, because it's a bunch of like, we're talking about dudes, we're hoping them develop, but as we said, like Morgan Frost, not a prospect. Don't really care. Hopefully he turns out, but yeah. uh, my, my hopes and dreams aren't banking on, on Morgan <laughs> Frost the way they are some of these other guys. It's like when, when Tyson Forster doesn't make the team out of camp, which I fully expect him to, but I've expected a lot of things that haven't exactly <laughs> happened over the last couple of years. I like, expected the Eagles win the Super Bowl, personally. Yeah, that's, yeah. Like, when that doesn't happen, is that going to be suddenly... Are we going to start chipping away at, like, John Tortorella's uh, built-up goodwill thus far? It's certainly possible, because I do think that there's much more goodwill in the fan base towards the prospects than there are towards the existing NHL players, even relatively popular popular NHL players, like, you know, guys like Noah Cates, guys like Owen Tippett. I don't think there's necessarily that, that loyalty to those guys that will develop within the fan base, because, look, 
when you're in a rebuild, you dream on prospects. It's what you do. And you convince yourself that they're going to be great. Now, in this particular situation, I actually do think that guys like Mitchkoff and Gautier in particular have the star potential that maybe the last wave of prospects the Flyers had ultimately didn't end up having. But that's not a guarantee. You know, neither of those guys, even Mitchkoff, as high as I am on him, he's not a guarantee to be a superstar. Maybe he'll ultimately prove to be too small and not quick enough to be a star level player and people will get frustrated with him. But right now, everybody is unbelievably excited about these prospects. And if Tortorella starts being, well, John Tortorella, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the fans react. If if there's a split, if everybody sides with the prospects, or if people side with Tortorella, it's possible. From what I saw, and it was a limited sample size last year out of Tyson Forster, there's not a good reason he doesn't make this team, but I thought the same thing about Cam York exactly. last year, and it was, you know, and you, you said it a couple of times, like, no, he's going to have to knock down the door, and then in camp kind of fell on his face, and it was, I can't give you this job. I wish I could give you this Damn. job, but I cannot. Is Tyson Forster in that situation, or is he, is he more highly thought of than, like, to me, what I saw at a Forster was, this is one of the best players in the team already. Like, he is one of our best guys. Now they're getting Cam Atkinson back, so that kind of crowds. We know how crowded they are at forward, especially on the wing, so we'll see. Uh, but I, I didn't see any reason from Forster last year to go, oh, yeah, no, he doesn't belong. No, he's one of the, he was one of the, like, six best players when he was out there last year. So what I would say about Forrester is that I do think that organizationally they view him similarly to how they viewed Cam York last year going into camp. I think the key difference, and this is a big difference, is that Forrester goes into camp already having caught the eye of John Tortorella, whereas York was new to Tortorella. He had been told, hey, this York kid, he's really got it. Torts got to see Forrester for those eight games, and Torts loved what he saw. I remember, you know, going to those post-game press conferences, talking to Torts after practice. He couldn't stop raving about Tyson Forrester. He basically said, like, I need to pull back from mentally penciling Tyson Forrester into my 2023-24 starting lineup. Like, it's going to take a real flop, I think, from Forrester not to make this team because Torts has so much influence in terms of who's on the roster. It's his lineup, essentially, and he really likes this guy. Seems to be running things. Yeah, so... I think he could miss if Forrester is tentative, if Forrester isn't shooting, if he's staying on the perimeter during preseason games, things like that. But I think it's highly unlikely. I know he's been in Philly for most of the summer. He's apparently been working his ass off training for the season. So he's doing all the right things off the ice and in the training room. Now he just has to do what he's supposed to do in rookie camp, during the rookie games, during main camp, during the preseason games, and I think he will make the team, but it's not a lock, and they showed with Cam York that, hey, if you don't get the job done in camp, we're not just going to give it to you. you got to earn it. I can't believe how soon rookie camp is, because like, in, in my mind, it's still August, and like I know it's not. Like yeah. it's, I've just watched football last night. <laughs> yeah, right. Know? Like I know it's no longer, uh, but I just feel like it starts this week. It seems very soon where some guys can really start making some cases for themselves. And like Oliver Bonk, we know it's kind of, okay, he, it's going to be a little bit for Bonk, but another guy who can really, really make a – Make a case for himself, my guy, Bobby Brink. Bobby Brink. Uh, you know I love Brink, and he was on that uh, Denver team that won the, the national title a couple of years ago. And scoring numbers, hard to argue with. And when he got that little taste two seasons ago, it looked like, oh, he's a player. Last year, didn't sniff the NHL. Yeah, last year was rough. Oh, he had the hip injury, he had the hip surgery, and that knocked him out for basically half the year my understanding and unfortunately especially in the second half i really didn't have a chance to watch pretty much any phantoms games but my understanding is that it took him a while to really get back into shape really like actual skating and game shape apparently near the end of the year he started looking a bit more like himself but my understanding is that 
this summer has really allowed him to get back to where he wants to be physically, which puts him in a position where he could take a run at a spot. Now, the trouble with his it position, seems like a numbers game. It's for a him. numbers game. Like we just talked about Forrester. We talked about how Forrester has already kind of earned the trust of John Tortorello. We talked about, you know, we haven't really talked about them on this show, but we've talked about on other shows, guys like Owen Tippett, guys like, you know, Cam Atkins is coming back from, from the neck injury. They've got a pretty stacked lineup, particularly on the right side on the wing. That's where Brink plays. So my guess is that if Brink were to make this team out of camp, I think he would have to significantly outplay Forrester in particular. I'm not expecting that to happen. I'd be surprised. But it could. Brink's a good player. And it wouldn't blow me away if he has some sort of offensive breakout in preseason. It's happened before with talented guys. Like, I'm thinking back to Travis Konechny, where Konechny, the year he made the team... It was 50-50. It was 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 probably even a little bit below 50-50. And he just kept scoring and kept impressing. And they're like, well, I guess he's got to make the team. And maybe Brink can do that. And while positionally... Yeah, they're they're definitely stacked at the wing, especially on that right side. For the first time in, you know, since they had Claude Giroux, basically, uh, they have a ton of goal scorers, not a ton of playmakers. You're not wrong. Like, you're hoping Morgan Frost can be that. Yeah. But that skill set that Brink brings, as you know, we talked about, well, Morgan Frost didn't really show you anything on the power play. Like, that seems like a dude you could put on that half wall and Bobby Brink, and he may be able to take that role. If we're looking to assign yeah. roles to guys, it's okay, well, you know, Brink's four years younger or whatever. We're going to give him this chance. I think that's his best, his best way to make it because, like, yeah, Tyson Forster, great. But we have Owen Tippett here already. Like, we have yeah. Travis Connect. We have dudes who kind of do this. The playmaking is where they're lacking to me, and that's where Brink might be able to make a name for himself. But I would have Forster as the heavy favorite right now. What I will say about Brink, and this doesn't necessarily make it so he's not going to have a future in the organization, but it does make it a little bit tougher. Brink, I think, was very much a, a Fletcher guy. You know, he was a Fletcher pick. Obviously, Brent Flair is still there. He runs the draft. But I do think that maybe Bobby Brink doesn't have the same support in the organization in terms of everybody being sold on him as an NHL player that he had when Chuck Fletcher ran the show. Now, that doesn't mean that he can't convince some of those doubters in the organization that hey, I can play, I'm an NHL scorer, I should be on this team. It's just that there are people in the organization, I think, that are a bit more skeptical that he is a good enough skater to score at the NHL level, that he's going to be able to overcome the fact that he's 5'8", 5'9", and score at the NHL level. I just think that when Fletcher was running the show, Brink was going to get more chances. Now, he's going to get chances. He's just probably going to get fewer of them, so he better take advantage of the ones he gets. I'm hoping that is the case. And uh, if you're hoping for some great tickets, if you're looking for last-minute tickets, man, you got to check out game time. In just a couple of days, it's the Eagles' home opener. You're scrambling. If you're like me, you think it's still August, then you're like, oh, no, it's week two of the NFL season. Eagles are on on Thursday night. What are we doing here? (laughs) Well, guess what? Game time has your back. Uh, Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Uh, With killer deals on last-minute tickets and the best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have i gotta tell you charlie uh was it last week two weeks ago when wrestlemania tickets went on sale it was a it was a freaking mad dash for me and my friends were typing in pre pre pre-codes or checking out all the different i wish i had known about game time because they make it real easy i just checked i saw okay game time they're one of our sponsors let me check that out oh yeah, two-day passes to WrestleMania, like way less than high paid. You get a seat view, so you know where you're going to sit. No obstructed view. You know what you're going to be doing. They make it fast and easy. Uh, they have flash deals on last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Uh, buy tickets for any kind of event in your area. You have the image of seat views, which, again, huge, especially eh, something like a WrestleMania. You don't know exactly what the set's going to be until it gets revealed. They know, and they'll let you know if you have an obstructed view seat. So that's always well, good. Bill, you know what that means? What's what that means? means is we have to stick around here for another 20 years for wrestlemania to come back (laughs) back. again yeah exactly yeah so i'll be able to use it hopefully i'll be able to travel to use it at some (laughs) point but uh they have the lowest price guarantee as well uh event cancellation protection uh job loss protection all sorts of ways to make sure 
that you get the deal you're looking for on your tickets. And uh, it's it's the game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Like forget planning months in advance. Again, Eagles. Home opener coming up. You don't have to, okay, well, how do I? No, don't plan it months in advance. Go to game time. Easy, easy peasy for you. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Uh, The game time guarantee means you'll get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you for 110% of the difference. That's a hell of a deal right there. Uh, so snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. And if you're looking maybe to go to that Eagles game on Thursday, a you know, home opener, you got Kirk Cousins in prime time, so it's basically a guaranteed win. <laughs> You're going to want to get a pregame in. You're going to want to get a good tailgate in. <laughs> Does All City have a deal for you? Go to All PHLY right now to get tickets to our very first tailgate party. That's right, Thursday night down in South Philly. There's the graphic for you, the official PHLY tailgate uh, sponsored by Philly Sports Trips. I can't wait to, this is going to be awesome. This is our very first event. You know, it's our launch day and two days in, bang. We're all going to be getting together and tailgating what is sure to be an Eagles win as they celebrate their the ground uh, running. NFC championship. Hopefully, hopefully the Eagles will hit the ground running a little bit better than they did in week one. Maybe get that bold Goddard a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Maybe one catch. One just, catch. Just one would be nice. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. So I, I do want to wrap up a little bit of the uh, prospect talk and just in your top five slash top six, no goalies. No goalies. Well, Sam Erson does make the Sam list at number Erson seven. Sam makes it at seven slash six, however you want to do it. That always bothers me when it's two guys tied for five and then it goes to seven. It's just it's like, well, what happened to six? It's just math. I, I, you know I hate math. <laughs> I don't care that the you know, numbers are facts. I hate math. Uh, but we do have Sam Erson at seven. He's the first goalie, and I'm just using this as a jumping off point to get into Carter Hart a little bit. Right. Um, we just don't know. Well, we're we're almost a week away from main camp, and there's still no resolution to the Hockey Canada situation, the Hockey Canada investigation that the NHL has done. So as of now, it looks like Carter Hart is going to be a attendee and participant, full participant in main camp. We just don't know. And, and that's why this has been so weird through the entirety of the summer in that Carter Hart obviously was on that Hockey Canada team in 2018. Um it's it's possible he was involved. It's possible he wasn't involved at all. We just don't know. We asked Carter Hart to start last season. That's how long this has been going on. And Carter basically said, I'd love to answer your question, but I'm not allowed to because it's a legal situation. That's where we've been. Now, the NHL over the last two, three months have been strongly hinting that the results of the investigation will be out soon. And they're still not out. And we're now, what, 10 days away from the start of of Maine Flyers camp? And it's it's still soon. Who knows? It's such, like, an ugly situation. I hate to try to, like, put it in, okay, well, how does this affect the hockey team? Honestly, who cares? Yeah. You know? But this is a show about people who do care. (laughs) (laughs) We are here to talk about the hockey team. And... I don't know. I thought uh, the draft strategy, taking the two goalies relatively early, was kind of an answer to, all right, well, we know Fedotov's probably never coming over. Felix Sandstrom's a UFA after the season. Now, kind of seems like, and they needed the organizational depth, whether Carter Hart is going to be their guy or not, but it does kind of feel like, well... They're preparing for life without Carter Hart, like a break glass in case of emergency sort of situation at the very least. What I'll say about this whole situation in in general with regards to Hart is that let's for a second assume that Carter Hart will get fully cleared. He wasn't involved at all, because let's be honest, like that's that's the best case scenario here. Like. Fans yeah. have rooted for Carter Hart for years. They don't want him to have been involved in something like this. So let's say that that's the way it plays out. He's not involved. He gets cleared. He's not named in the investigation. 
even if that's the way it ultimately plays out, there's a scenario where Carter Hart is not part of the future of this team. He only has one year left on his contract. He's 25 years old. This is a team entering a rebuild. It's very possible that the Flyers look at Carter Hart ultimately and say, you know what? It doesn't make sense for us to give him a massive raise on a six, seven, eight year contract when for the first four years of that contract, we're not going to be very good. And by the time we're good, he's going to be 29 years old and entering the decline phase of his career. Like there's a reason why going into the offseason, even setting aside all the Hockey Canada stuff, why he was in trade rumors. There's a possibility that Carter Hart could get moved regardless of any of this other stuff that's going on, you know, in the background. He could get traded. And I think they're real high on Sam Merson. I think that they're looking at him. They signed him to a two-year contract this summer, despite the fact that he has one more year left on his entry-level deal. That tells me that they think he's going to be a big part of the future in goal. And they really like Alexei Kolosov, who they also signed to an entry-level contract, and he's going to most likely be coming over next year. He was loaned back to the KHL for one more season, but the expectation is he's going to be back over next season. Like Trying to play nice. Or really, but, here, we'll loan yeah, you right? a guy. But there's a situation, there's a, there's a scenario where Carter Hart gets cleared, gets traded, and then starting next season, the duo is Sam Erson as your 1A and Alexei Kolosov newly brought over to North America as your 1B, wow. and you got a ton of assets for Carter Hart in a trade. That's uh, possible. When when I interviewed Danny Briere when he first got the job, um, I kind of joked with him about the idea because he said, oh, yeah, well, we're listening on everybody. Yeah. And so they asked about Carter Hart, and he said, we're listening on everybody. And I joked with Danny, like, oh, I went away on vacation and came back, and you're trading Carter Hart. And we, like, <laughs> you know, we, we shared a laugh about it. But, man, I get the feeling that if this Hockey Canada thing wasn't this dark cloud over them— he might not be a flyer right now. It's possible. It's po and it's totally understandable. Like, uh, why would another team want to trade May prime assets for Carter Hart? Because that was my understanding all summer. Everybody I talked to, you know, in and around the organization, in and around the Carter Hart camp, was basically that the talk of him being traded was very overblown. The Flyers are listening, but the Flyers view Carter Hart as someone who essentially, you got to blow us away. You got to dazzle us with an offer. It was the same thing that they they used with Konechny, where it's like, look, we're listening, but you're going to have to really blow us away. No one was going to blow the Flyers away for a guy who potentially is wrapped up in some horrible shit and also could be suspended for an extended period of time. So no one was going to overpay for a guy with that sort of situation hanging over his head. Now, if he were to get cleared, does the does the 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 equation change? Of course it does. And then maybe you the Flyers look at it as Carter Hart's more valuable to us in terms of what he can bring back in a trade, especially given the fact that they they really like Urson. They, as you said, just drafted two goalies and they're really high on Kolosov. Maybe they think that that duo could be the goalie the goalie duo of the future, not Hart. That said. Hart's a good goalie. Like let let's not let's not sugarcoat this. He's a good goalie now, and he has the talent in my mind to potentially take another step and be a great goalie. He's not a great goalie yet, but he's a good goalie. He's still fairly young for an NHL goalie, so he could take that next step. And it would be a risk to trade him, assuming that he's cleared in the Hockey Canada stuff. I'm just like crossing my fingers. Just as like it's so selfish, but like. Just crossing my fingers that we don't have to be dealing. You know, we're already dealing with like Russian geopol and this too. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just, I want to talk about the forecheck for one. You know, <laughs> you know, back when you were back when you were breaking down X's and O's and your like initial blogging. Like, I want to talk about that stuff. Tell me about the check press. Yeah, you know, I don't really want to be. Doing it's one this. of those things where it's like, yeah, but I, like I, I, my my I, concerns. I are, really hope yeah. that Carter Hart was not involved. I really hope. That said. I think it's important for the people who were involved to have some sort of, you know, some sort of justice there. You know, if they did something really bad and Hart's one of them, then we'll see what happens. But I'm selfishly hoping that and, and partially for me, I mean, I cover Carter Hart. Like, I wouldn't say I'm friends with Carter Hart, but I you I, have a personal relationship. Yeah, like I have a personal him. relationship yeah. with him. I talk to him on a regular basis. I don't I don't want to believe that that he was involved with something like that. Now, uh, longtime listeners will know how bad I am at times 
timing the show. I did ask for questions uh, before we went live, some mailbag questions. And uh, we're going to get to a couple of them before we wrap up here. I Sounds will do good. a better job of you know, actually timing things out. You know, we don't have like the 75 minutes, I guess, we did with, with BSH. So yeah. <laughs> let's, let's figure it out here. Uh, this is from at the IDM. Uh, what's the mindset for watching the team this year? Uh, I'm displaced in Minnesota and wa- have watched 95% of the games since I was a teenager. Last year, I checked out for the first time ever. I realized they are years away from being good, but how can I enjoy this process? And my answer is understand it's a process. Yeah. Like we're, maybe we're, maybe we don't see Brink right away. Maybe we don't see Forster right away, but it's rooting for these guys and judging the development. And then, you know, when Connor McDavid comes to town or when the devils come in with all their young guys, whoever, you know, I hate the devils, but it's my example. (laughs) Uh, Enjoy watching some hockey. Like even if it's the flyers ain't going to win many games, just enjoy the hockey. Yeah. I I think a lot, a lot of it is just going to be like, you gotta view these games not necessarily as oh my god they lost burn the place down you gotta view it as what are we learning about the players here it it, almost like a fact-finding mission you know what are we learning about morgan frost can noah cates score in addition to playing really good defense is tyson forrester going to be a 30 goal scorer can owen Tippett take the next step like to me this season is really less about the wins and losses because there's most likely going to be a lot of losses. It's more about who can be part of the next great Flyers team. And a lot of those guys probably aren't even on this team yet, but some of them are, I, I would hope. I really freaking hope a couple. Of them <laughs> one or two, maybe. Uh, just one or two more here. Uh, question, how will this be similar, this being PHLY Flyers, uh, to BSH Radio and the post-game live and the green room and all that? I can answer that. We're doing a pre- and post-game for every game. Uh, so that part won't change. The interactivity, the way I used to be able to take callers, we're going to figure out a way to get you all involved with the show, even if it's a little different than it used to be. But what you can definitely look forward to is pre and post uh, every single day. And just one last one here, because I think it's a good question from Ben McArdle. If you could change slash add slash subtract one offseason move for the Flyers, what would it be? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Um, yeah, I didn't love the Mark Stahl signing just because they have so many defensemen, so many young defensemen that need a look. You got Igor Zamola, who's no longer waiver exempt, so he pretty much has to make the team. Where is he going to fit? You've got Ronnie Adder, who's close. You've got Emil Andre, who I'm really excited about. You've got Adam Adam Ginning, who they're really excited about. Like You've got guys you need to learn about. I don't know if Mark Stahl was necessary. I think their thought process is, number one, he's a veteran, so he can help those guys to a degree. Number two, he can eat minutes. They and need you're some, buying a pick. They need some. And number three, they can trade him at the deadline for something. I just worry that he's going to box out some of these kids who they need to learn about. And that's with Mark Stahl. I wasn't that worried about it because they need some sort of adequate defenseman. Like they need someone who can play back there. They don't have many. Yeah. Uh, but for all the same reasons you talked about, Garnet Hathaway, just don't understand it. It's the only position they're they're like set. Yeah, getting it's another right wing. The only thing they didn't Fair. need was was a middle of the lineup forward, and they got one. All right, Chuck. That that does it. That, I think that is does all the it. time we have for you on PHLY Flyers for uh, for today. We'll be back tomorrow. That's right, five times a week, fam. So make sure you tune in. Subscribe to this YouTube page if you're already subscribed to the Broad Street Hockey Podcast feed. Nothing changes for you. It's just called PHLY Flyers now. So that's pretty dope, Charlie. This was awesome. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Have a great week, Philly. <laughs> 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 <laughs>